that prayer with them. I want us to go to the book of Acts, and I'm going to endeavor to uh, be brief on today. Um, Acts chapter 2, something I kind of just started on. Verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word, for we are the hearers and by faith the doers on today. I'm going to read it again. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. I'd like it, us to read it one more time since there's nobody here but us. And let's, uh, this time, let's uh, read it aloud together if you don't mind. And what does it say? <laughs> Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. I want to use this morning and sort of embellish upon ground I began to spade um, oh, about a week or so ago. And I want to use uh, for a message title today, The Sound of a Reset. The Sound of a Reset. I just want to sort of tether that over to the theme that your esteemed pastor is chosen for this apostolic conference um, and see if perhaps there's a divine nexus that God can make between the words that were placed upon his heart and the word that we've read in your hearing on today. This is an apostolic conference and um, it's appropriate here, I suppose, at this apostolic conference that our Scripture reading, our focus text this morning, comes from an apostolic book. We know that this book is one with which we're well familiar, especially as Pentecostals. And Pentecostals, if I'll use that adjective again, Pentecostals are the apostolic persuasion. Acts is a book that bears monumental importance to us. It's known um, mostly as the Acts of the Apostles. But I think a more correct rendering when we delve into the pages of this book, it really uh, records the Acts of the Holy Spirit. The Apostles would not be Apostles were it not for the Spirit. It's the Spirit that called them. It is the Spirit that endowed them. In all of the marvelous things that we witness throughout the book of Acts, they are able to be carried forth because the Spirit was in these men. I hope that none of us, even in this modern church, ever forget that uh, we can do nothing without the Spirit. Jesus himself said, without me, you can do nothing. Sometimes uh, we have to be careful that success doesn't make us forget who gave us the success. Have to be careful not to get caught up in ourselves. Have to be careful not to take ownership of the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit uh, never belong to us. I remember some time ago, uh, something that sort of turned me off just a little bit. I, I don't say it in a diminutive sense, but there was a, 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 a minister who was ministering. They ministered mightily. And I'll just say it. They flowed in the prophetic office. And I'll never forget, uh, as they were ministering, they got, got to a juncture in the service. I don't know if the people were responding properly or if they didn't line up when they felt they should line up. And uh, he threatened, or she threatened, to withhold their services. And they told the congregation, this is my gift. And I can do what I want to with my gift. 
<laughs> I cringe when I heard those words. Gifted people have to be careful so that they can always remember that the gift is a gift. What does that mean? It, it's given to me. And when you talk about the Holy Spirit, the, the gifts of the Spirit are, are even a little bit different than that. The gifts of the Spirit are resident in the Spirit. Not in us. Hello, somebody. Not by power, nor by might. Isn't that what man of God told Zerubbabel? But by my what? Spirit. Save the Lord. We must be careful, people of God, as people of the Spirit. That we understand that it is God that worketh in us, both to will and to do. Do you know that we wouldn't even have a mind to be saved if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost? Sometimes we're brash and we take credit for being saved. Old saints, where I come from, we used to testify and talk about what we wouldn't do and what we couldn't do as if it was under our control. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if God didn't have a hold of us. We go over the cliff. You ever met somebody? Uh, uh, I'm, 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 I'm not a big dog lover. I admire dogs, but I admire them from afar. <laughs> Praise God. I admire them. Rarely will I pet a dog. And I admire dog owners, and they're beautiful. As long as they're with you, they're beautiful. <laughs> but you ever seen somebody, a dog charges you, and they say that it won't bite? I'm of the persuasion it won't bite as long as it's on a leash. It can only go so far. God's spirit is a leash that keeps us from going too far. Oh, I wish I was in the right church. You ever thought about what your life would be like without the Holy Ghost? You ever thought about where you would be, what you would be if God had not come into your life? Every morning we wake up. You know what ought to flow out of our mouths? Thank God for the Holy Ghost. If we didn't have the Holy Ghost, we'd be like anybody else out on those streets. Wandering the streets. We could be a street person ourselves. We could be a prostitute. A gigolo. Hello, somebody. I know somebody. Well, that's beneath my nature. I didn't do that when I wasn't saved. The reason you didn't do it when you wasn't saved is because God blocked you from doing it. It's not your goodness. It's not my goodness. It's the mercy of God. And so I've learned to, 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 to be thoughtful. I've learned to be careful. I've learned to have that mindset that, that all of God's children, one of our chief characteristics should be that of humility and understanding the need for God in our lives. You know, when you, when you understand that need, then you'll, you'll be able to better minister to other people. When I understand my own need and inertness and inability and my total dependency upon God. And so here in this book, we're talking about the acts of the Holy Spirit. And those that are familiar with this letter, this epistle, this historical book that is written, you understand that actually it is the continuation of a story that has already begun. This book is penned by uh, the writer that many of us know as Dr. Luke. Luke uh, is not only the recorder of this uh, book of Acts, Luke is the recorder of the gospel that bears his name. And when Luke was writing, he wasn't just writing to himself, he was writing to an individual whose name is Theophilus. You'll find that name at the beginning of the gospel of Luke. And then you'll come to the book of Acts. You'll find the book of Acts bears that name again. And Luke picks up where he left off. The story that Luke is trying to tell really, amen, is a story of the Holy Spirit. It's the story of God working in his church. I know now John really is the specialist in the spirit. But I, I look at Luke because he's the connector. Amen. Between the epistles and the book of Acts. There's a direct <clears throat> linkage there. Luke uh, uh, is the one 
uh, as he records the workings of Christ in the earth. Luke is the one that brings us to that culminating time and that culminating season when the Lord is in the earth. And, and Luke sets us up for, for what will take place shortly uh, later in the book of Acts. It's Luke, praise God, that, that carries us through uh, a panoramic viewing of Christ's crucifixion. And even in Christ's crucifixion, we, he sets us up for understanding the need for the Holy Spirit. Jesus had a band of disciples. We read about them. Amen. We know many of them. Jesus, we, we observed him in the early stages of the gospel, calling disciples into his service. We see him walk by the sea of Galilee and call Peter and his brothers. And you remember those words he spoke to them. He said, follow me and I'll make you what? Fishers of men. You know, every time I think about that scene, I'm mesmerized in my mind. But what, what was it about the voice of Jesus? Don't you wish that, that we had a tape recorder somewhere and somebody could play? Anybody ever wonder what his voice sounded like? Oh my, oh my. There must have been something about his voice. He went by that sea and, and, and just said, follow me. Now make you fishers of men. And, and I'm amazed. The Bible says that they cast aside their nets and immediately follow Jesus. <clears throat> I don't know what scene you have in your mind. I believe it just like the Bible said. I believe they just stopped what they were doing, put their life on suspension, and began to follow Jesus. Peter just dropped his net in the water and walked up out of the river. Amen. And began to walk in the steps of Jesus. What, 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 what kind of experience must that have been? Peter, James, and John, uh, that band of early disciples and apostles. Sometimes we tend to venerate them. And when we venerate them, we take them out of the realm of humanity. I say that oftentimes we, we make that mistake with so many Bible characters, we make them supernatural personages. But I want you to, to be reminded today that everybody in the Bible was a person just like you and I. They were not Superman. They were not Wonder Woman. They were not one of the Marvel characters that we see in the, in the comics. They were people. And, and, and the interesting thing about them, they were people with issues, people with struggles. Can I get a witness? You know, sometime, I'll just drop this on you. When you can't get help from the saints, you can get help from the characters in the Bible. Because sometimes the saints won't be honest with you. I'm not going to find an amen anywhere. <clears throat> saints wear mascara. Saints wear masks. Hello, somebody. And we wear those masks because we think there's a certain image uh, that we have to put on for one another. But, 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 but when you're trying to understand and deal with the vicissitudes of life, you don't need image. You don't need fakery. You need some real people. Can I get a witness in here? I haven't had you bother your neighbor today, but just tell your neighbor, if you ain't going to be real, you can't help me. Uh, in the States, we call it perpetrating. Amen. That's the, that's the ebonics for that term. Perpetrators. But the young folks say you be perpetrating. In other words, you're not real. You're not genuine. You're, you're just trying to put on an image to deceive me. And, but your image doesn't help me when I get into crises. When I go through a crisis, I need to talk to somebody else that's been through the crisis. Can I get a witness in here? And so when the saints fail you, I encourage you to retreat to the pages of the Bible. And there you'll find real folk with real issues. And I, and I, I have to say this. I'm really glad I wasn't one of the characters because the Bible tell all your business. When we read about those folk in the Bible, we read the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. And so, 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 so uh, uh, the, the men that gathered around Jesus were, 
got good people. Check them out. Check them out. The people that came before Jesus, I'm going to come back to them. The people that came before Jesus really were not good people. Jesus said, all that came before me were what? Thieves and robbers. You can call them one by one. Don't make me do a checklist. Don't make me call him Father Abraham. I know we talk about him. He staggered not at the promises of God. Oh, that's a late report in his life. So you got to put it in the right context. He did stagger. I know I'm shocking somebody. He did stagger. Because if he had faith, he wouldn't have told a church lie. And say Sarah was his sister. When she was really his wife. I know she was his half sister. But, but that wasn't the point. He knew she was his wife. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble here today. Go down the list. Pick up Jacob. We like to pre preach about Jacob at Peniel. And how he wrestled with the angels. That's good preaching, isn't it? He grabbed that angel and said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless my soul, yeah? I know God changed his name to Israel, but, but Jacob had a history, y'all. We beat up on Esau, but Esau had a right to be mad. Y'all ain't going to say that. He tricked him out of his birthright. <laughs> Because if he lived in faith, he would have understood that whatever God had promised him, he did not have to resort to trickery to bring it to pass. God is strong enough when he gives you a word, you don't have to work it out. He'll work it out for you. Somebody clap your hands and give God a praise. Give him a praise right now. We can go down the list. No, I found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God put him in the ark and God sealed the door. Y'all walking with me for a moment? He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> and God spared him and his family from the flood that overwhelmed the earth. But just as soon as the door opened, Noah walked out the ark and got drunk and took off all his clothes. Thieves and rock. Can I just call up one more person? I'm going to call it the person y'all love to preach about. That sweet singer in Israel. A man after God's own heart. Well, y'all know who I'm talking about. Everybody loves to preach about David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But, but David had some issues. Yes, he did. He was prideful and he numbered Israel. He had some issues. Yes, he did. Huh? When he should have been at war, he was hanging around home. He had some issues when he should have kept his eyes in his house. He was looking over in his brother's house. And while his brother was out at war, y'all going to make me talk tonight. Brought his wife, smothered her into his house. Slept with her. Surreptitiously sent her back home. Went on about his business. Until she sent him a, a little letter and said, I'm pregnant. Oh, y'all gonna get quiet. And what did the king do? <laughs> he tries to work a trick and wrestles her husband in from the front line and Boy, go on up there and spend some time with your wife. But his servant was more noble than he was. Sat on the outside all night long and David woke up, found out he never went in his house. I can hear David in my mind. I don't want to get in trouble. You dummy, you. And so what did he do? He sets him up. Sends him to the front line. 
tells the other troops, withdraw from around him. He commits murder. He commits adultery. Y'all ain't talking to me. Can I get a witness in here? And still went on about his business. It took Nathan to confront him. And then when Nathan confronted him, he revealed the hypocrisy in him. Because he told him the story about the man. Y'all don't want me to preach. And that little you lamb. And, 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 and David got mad. He said, where is he? I'll kill him right now. It took Nathan to break him down. Thou art the man. You know what? All of us need God to show us ourselves. <laughs> we celebrate David with all his issues. You know, most of the time we talk about David like he never did anything. I'm going to get in trouble right now. Can I say something to you I said to my church? It's strange to me that the saints can forgive a man they never met. But they find out something about somebody they've been going to church with for 10 years and they never forgive them. I dare you to tell your neighbor, you don't know David, you know me. What? David. I love David. I celebrate David. And part of what I celebrate about David was David teaches us a lesson that even in failure, you can come out with a testimony. He wasn't perfect, but his imperfection enabled him to write another psalm when he said, created me a clean heart. And renew. Oh, I wish I was in the right church. I need about 10 people who used to be dirty that could look at your neighbor and said, I used to be dirty, but God cleaned me up, purged me with hyssop. Hallelujah. Come on, son. Oh, I feel like praising it. I need about 10 people that have just put their hands together for 10 seconds and praise God for a cleanup. <laughs> Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, <clears throat> but when you sit down, if you're real honest, tell your neighbor, he's still cleaning me up. Because David said, don't just clean me from the stuff I see. Cleanse me from my secret sins. Clean me up what's done in the dark. Clean me up from what the pastor don't see. Clean me up, Lord, from what I don't even see. Sin is so deceitful. It can burrow down in your soul and you'll not know his presence. But if you pray that prayer, search me, Lord. I used to sing that song at homes. Y'all singing over here, search me, Lord. Search me, Lord. Shine your light from heaven on my soul. If you find anything that shouldn't be, take it out. Strengthen me. I want to be right. I want to be saved. I want to be whole. I don't know about you. I didn't come to this conference to go to hell. I came to this conference to get ready to go to heaven. I got to move on real quick. Can I have about 10 minutes? <laughs> Unsavory characters in the Old Testament. And this band of disciples were unsavory as well. They were, they were, they were rascals. I don't have time to tell you everything. They, they were... They were something else. They were schemers. I don't have time to talk about Peter and, well, not Peter right now, but, but James and John, those sons of Zebedee. Y'all heard about them? <laughs> and their mama was a pistol too. 
<laughs> you know, treachery don't just start in one generation. Somebody had to teach treacherous how to be treacherous. And it usually runs in the family tree. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me today. And, and, and the Bible lets us know you, you, they went behind the other disciples' backs and got close to Jesus. I wish I had time to preach. And they got close to Jesus and, and said, Lord, give us a hookup. See, there are a lot of folk in the church. They're not about serving. They're about a hookup. They want status, power, fame, control. Y'all ain't talking to me. They want to hook up in the house of God. They couldn't do it in the world, so they want to do it in the church. I can get in the church and run something in the church. See, everybody ain't saved to be saved. Everybody's not getting connected with the pastor and leading lady to serve in the church. Some folk are trying to position. They really want to be pastor, but if I can't be pastor, I'll be right next to pastor. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Somebody tell me to preach, please. They manipulate. They were manipulative. Manipulators. And they went to Christ and, and said, give us the hookup. One on the right hand. One on the left hand. And Jesus had to help them out and say, it ain't mine to give. Sometimes we want something that's beyond our ability. Jesus asked them, can you drink from the cup I drink? Everybody look at your neighbor and say, watch what you ask for. I hear the psalmist say, he gave them their request but sent leanness. To their soul. God, if my prayer is wrong, overrule my prayer. Because we can pray the wrong, y'all ain't going to talk to me. Anybody in here that can be honest to say there have been times when I prayed the wrong prayer. If that's you, tell your neighbor, I'm glad the Lord didn't give me what I asked for. Every prayer you pray, even after you make your request, you should sign it off with the words of Jesus. Not my will, but thy will be done. I might pray the wrong thing. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. For we know not how to pray as we ought. Oh, Y'all ain't going to let me preach this morning. Tell your neighbor, I don't know how to pray. But tell him the Holy Ghost sometime prays for me. Sometime it gets in my mouth and I, I, I believe I'm in a Pentecostal church. Have you ever prayed and the tongues took over your prayer? That's the Holy Ghost speaking out of your spirit. And I believe sometime when we pray in tongues, our prayers scatter out across the world. You don't need to know what you're praying for when the Holy Ghost is in charge. I'm not getting no help right now. And then there are times when even the tongues will fail you. Am I alone? Who in this room has prayed under pressure? Most of us are English speakers. And the English language fails you. But has it ever been so tight until even speaking in tongues failed you? And all you could do was lay in the face of God. But the Lord told me to tell you, <laughs> when there are no words coming out your mouth, that's when the Holy Ghost is praying for you. All you got to do is just lay there in the face of God. And the Holy Spirit make of intercession for us. They had the wrong prayer, the wrong mind. And the Bible says they, <coughs> they, they were all twisted up. The disciples rebuked uh, 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 John and they rebuked James and probably rebuked their mother. But their motive wasn't right either. They, they were upset because they didn't do it first. Everybody was messed up, and Jesus had to help their minds and say, he who would be greatest 
in the kingdom of God must be what? The servant of them all. God give the church more servants. Somebody lift your hands to heaven and say, God make me a servant. Hallelujah. 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 And so here in this, this, this text, we, we see these men who are emerging. They're not ready yet. They have not graduated yet. Jesus, Jesus, the Bible says, uh, uh, called them to himself one day while he was in the earth ministering. And the Bible says he breathed on them. <sighs> Y'all remember that? He breathed on them and said, receive ye the the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not like some, uh, I don't believe they got the Holy Ghost then. He set them up for it. He breathed on them and set them up to receive the Holy Ghost. They didn't have it yet. It was not active in their life. And I tell you how we know it was not active in their life because when Jesus on that fateful night was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter wasn't saved because he cut off the man's ears. Jesus had to go and pick up the man's ear and slap it back on his head. Look at Peter and say, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. I love Jesus. How about y'all? Tell your neighbor, he can put what's cut off back on just like that. Tell another neighbor, he can gather up the broken pieces that have been shattered in your life and put them back together just like that. Something beautiful. Something good. That's what the writer said. All of my confusion. He understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But how many know he made something beautiful out of my life? Tell your neighbor I'm looking good because of Jesus. I, oh, y'all didn't want to say it. I need somebody... <clears throat> I need somebody that, that, that is affirmative in the Holy Ghost. And, and tell your neighbor, say, don't hate on me today. Tell him I'm looking good. Because Jesus got me looking good. He said, I'll beautify the meek with salvation. Hallelujah. They weren't saved yet. They, because, because when he lifted Christ up on the cross. Peter cussed out the little girl. Can I still get some help? He cussed, didn't he cuss out? You're one of them. No, I'm not. You're one of them. No, I'm not. That third time he went off. Blankety, blankety, blank. X, X, exclamation point. <laughs> and then he was reminded of what Jesus told him. Because Peter spoke, you recall, a few days earlier, rebuked Christ for, for, for forecasting going to Calvary and rebuked him. And Jesus had to rebuke the devil in him. And said, before the cock crow thrice, you will deny me thrice. And, and the Bible said that third time Jesus looked at him. He went off into the night and wept bitterly. He didn't have the power, y'all. <laughs> the Bible tells us that, that the rest of them went underground. They took Jesus, they sealed him away in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, put a stone on the door, put soldiers outside. <laughs> Could be the Romans had more faith than the Jews. Somebody gonna walk with me in a minute. <laughs> Could be that the Romans had more faith than the Jews. I heard one preacher say that the soldiers were outside so that just in case Jesus kept his word and got up, they won't kill him again. The disciples went underground. Uh-oh. But who went to the tomb? By the brothers. Y'all, I'm going to get in trouble. But since there are more sisters and brothers in the house. <laughs> While the brothers were in a hideout, the sisters went to the tomb. Yeah. 
they got there, the, the soldiers were gone or inanimate. And the stone had been rolled away. And they looked up inside the tomb and couldn't find nothing but grave clothes. They've taken my Lord away. I know not what they've done with him. I don't know where they laid him, but Jesus paid her a visit. Oh, I feel like talking. I don't know why I want to say this. Jesus makes house calls. Y'all get that later. He paid her a visit. <laughs> Revealed himself to her. She went and told Peter and the disciples they didn't believe it. You know where they were? They were behind closed doors. I preached a message one time. Behind closed doors. They were in the room. The doors were locked and they were shut up. They were warned. They were dejected. They were sad. They were powerless. They were filled with fear. Yeah. They went underground because they were filled with fear. They were there dejected. They were there disappointed. Jesus didn't keep his word. They killed him. We believed in something that really wasn't real. <laughs> Peter went and looked in the tomb, but I, I, I'm not sure. They were still persuaded, but, but one day when they were behind those closed doors, <laughs> the door was locked. The shutters were down. But Jesus stepped into the room. I'm so glad he finds us in our down seasons. He reaches us when, when, when we have shut the door ourselves. And don't you sit and act like there have never been seasons in your life where you've shut the door and locked the door and you wouldn't let anybody in. But aren't you glad when your mom and your daddy and your sisters and your brothers couldn't get to you, Jesus got to you. He can walk through walls. He can penetrate locks. Somebody's here today and the Lord told me to tell you, I'm going to break down the lock on your heart. I'm going to release you from your prison. I'm going to bring you. I wish I had some help. I'm going to bring you out of your dungeon. Everybody tell somebody, help is on the way. Look back at them and tell them this. Tell them the Lord is going to visit. That place of hurt and darkness that you won't let anybody else visit. He told me to tell you today, I'm headed to your house. I'm headed to your situation. Somebody lift your hand to heaven and say, help is on the way. He just told me to tell somebody, I'm going to fix it before you get home today. He said, while you're at the conference praising me, I'm going to go to that darkest place in your life and turn the light on. The power is out, but I'm going to reset the power. I'll give you five seconds to praise God for a miracle. Take five more seconds and praise him like you know it's done. The work is already done. <laughs> I'm going to drive home expecting a shift. I'm going to drive home expecting a change. I'm going to go to work tomorrow expecting a miracle. him for five more seconds 
Matter of fact, the Lord told me, if you give me another praise, I'll give you another miracle. Let's go for a third one. Somebody praise him for your healing. Somebody praise him for your children getting saved. Somebody praise him for a financial turnaround. Somebody praise him to lift you up out of your depression. There's nothing that God cannot do. No, oh, somebody sound like they want it. Somebody sounds like they want it. Somebody sounds like they believe it. Oh! You may be seated. I got to get ready to close. He come out my side. Woo! I like being in the church. Where I can hear tongues. Tongues make the devil nervous. Tongues touch the face of God. Tongues make shackles come loose. Tongues make chains fall off. He come Bosaya. He come I like the sound I hear. I like the sound I hear. I've heard a joyful sound. I'm closing. Something about sound. That's why I'm happy that I'm apostolic and Pentecostal. When I say that, I don't disparage any other faith. Not disparaging any other religion. I simply use Pentecostal as a descriptor. That I've had the Pentecostal experience. I use apostolic as a descriptor that, that I practice the apostolic doctrine. And I practice that doctrine because when Jesus, can I have six more minutes? When Jesus prayed that prayer of intercession, he was praying for his disciples and for his apostles. He said, neither pray I for these alone, but for they that shall believe on me through their word. Somebody say, I'm apostolic and Pentecostal. Tell them, I'm not better. Say it loud. Say, I'm not better. But I'm just apostolic and Pentecostal. And tell them, although I'm not better, I'm better off for it. He speaks to them. He speaks to them and... Let me close this so you can think I'm quitting. <laughs> He speaks to them and <laughs> after he appears to them in that room, he remains in the earth for a season and he spends time with that band of raggedy men. And he says, I know you failed me this time. but I'm going to give you a hookup so you won't have to fail me again. He says, I know you ran out on me, but when I get inside of you, you're going to be bold. <laughs> you're going to have strength that you didn't know about. He says, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to close up shop. 
Stop the testimony meeting. Stop the praise dancers. Y'all ain't going to walk with me now. Turn the music instruments off. Because we're moving now into an era when if you don't have me, you're just dancing. When you don't have me, you're just singing. When you don't have me, you're just playing. And there's a difference. Oh. There's a difference between being talented and anointed. Talented people make other people feel good. But anointed people make God feel good. I'd rather God appreciate my singing than you appreciate my singing. Because you put pressure on me through the carnality of your flesh and you want my singing to be pretty. But God said all you got to do is make a joyful noise. some noise makers for five seconds. Glory be to God. Mess with your neighbor and say I may not sing pretty but I know how to make anointed noise. When I sing chains fall off. When I sing doors open up. When I sing, the sick get healed. Glory. You may be seated. I need about four minutes. I'm trying to close in. Tell your neighbor, my worship's for real. How about yours? I ain't just sitting up in here trying to be cute. I didn't come to the conference to be cute. If I wanted to be cute, I could have stayed home and went to the show. I came to the conference because I need the attention of God. There's some things I need him to fix. There's some turnarounds that I need to have. And I'm not going to leave till I get what I came for. Excuse me, I feel like hollering. Somebody help me holler again. This three seconds, open up your mouth and holler. For you sophisticated folk, they holler at a football game. Don't nobody say nothing. I got to close. You may be seated. So, I think I have three minutes. From the last four minutes. Of the last four minutes, of the three minutes. Trying to pull it in. Tarry ye at Jerusalem. Till you be endued with. Somebody talk to me. Till you be endued with. One more time. Look at your neighbor this time and say, endued with. Peter, James, John. Doubting Thomas, you need a reset. And there's a sound Woo! connected with my reset. There's a sound. Isn't it amazing? God has always worked with sound. Wherever he shows up, sound shows up. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was void and without form. 
darkness was upon the face of the deep. <laughs> spirit of the Lord and that, that, that Hebrew term for, for spirit means wind. The wind of the Lord moves upon the face of the waters. Tell your neighbor this real, real quietly. Tell him he blows in the dark spaces. He, there's no place that God's wind cannot reach. Something about the wind, the sound of God. When Adam missed the meeting, God came looking for Adam. I still don't understand it. Bishop Moore is going to explain it to me on my way home. But when Adam missed the meeting, the Bible says, and the voice of the Lord came walking in the midst. Tell your neighbor, I don't know how, but God's voice can. He walks with me. I feel like preaching this month. He talks with me. He tells me I am his own. His voice. His voice. His voice. Elijah thought everything was over. Looked in the fire. Looked in the earthquake. Looked in the wind. Didn't find God but a still small voice. Anybody in here know anything about that still small voice? Ezekiel. Oh, don't tell me that, sister. Because it's hot, the saints is tired. But I feel like preaching. He took him down in a valley filled with dry bones. They were scattered abroad in the valley. Ah! The bones were parched. I heard that oxtail. I was, Lord, bring me back in. <laughs> Oxtails have a little hole in them. Y'all know that? Everybody, I've looked at, you know, I got mad last night because some of the saints wasted them oxtails. I'm going to tell you, Ella Boo is gone. She had an oxtail with a whole line of meat hanging off of it. Gristle still on top. You don't eat no oxtail like that. You're supposed to eat all the meat, eat the gristle on both sides, and then suck the marrow out of that little bone. <laughs> Come on back. Because I wanted to tell you, those bones were so dry till the marrow was gone. There wasn't no life at all in that valley. But God came to the prophet and said, Son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel had enough sense to know. I don't see no hope at all. <laughs> but he knew enough to know with men some things are possible. But with God, oh Lord, thou knowest. And he said, prophesy to the wind. And here come the sound of the wind. And there was a rattling, y'all don't want to talk. In the valley. And the bones that were parched, the bones that didn't have no marrow, the marrow got back into the bones. The gristle grew on the end. The bones got blue by the sound of the wind. The foot bone found the ankle bone, the ankle bone found the leg bone. The leg bone found the knee bone, the knee bone found the thigh bone. The thigh bone found the hip bone, the hip bone found the backbone, the backbone. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. Look at your neighbor and say, God can blow on you until he puts all your bones back together. He can blow on you 
until everything that was broken is mended. He can blow. I need about 50 people to lift their hands toward heaven and say, blow God, blow. Don't play with it. Say it another time. Blow God, blow. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I want God to blow on me and blow on you. Something about the sound of God. Something about the voice of God. When the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, find me E flat. Can I get a witness? When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were gathered together in one room with one accord. I need somebody to look to either side and say, hey, neighbor, one room and one accord. Tell the other neighbor the same thing. Say, hey, neighbor, one room and one accord. When we get together, when we become unified, when we get our mind on Jesus, can I get a witness in here? We'll get a move from God. I feel like preaching today. I got to close right now. But tell that neighbor again. Say, get ready for a move of God. Because on the day of Pentecost, when they were in one room with one accord, I heard the Bible say, suddenly, I wish I had a praying church. Suddenly, I wish I had somebody to back me up today. I wish I had somebody that would open up your mouth and say, suddenly, y'all got to help me preach. Look at your neighbor. Put your hand on their hip or at the back of your back and say, suddenly, tell them God said, suddenly, I'm going to fix it. Suddenly, I'm going to send the chains. Suddenly, I'm going to send the shift. Suddenly, there came a sound out of heaven like a rushing mighty wind. The sound filled the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them clothing tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. They spoke in another tongue. There's a sound. There's a sound. CAA headed your way. Headed to your house. Headed to your family. Reset. 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 The devil is defeated. Reset. The yoke is broken. Reset. My family is saved. Reset. My children are delivered. Reset. Do one last thing for me. Look at your neighbor. 
reach around your neck and tell them the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now pull that yoke off your neck. Pull it off. Pull it off. Pull it off. Pull it off. Of the church are open. He come on my side. You who need the Lord in your life, you who need a special touch from the Lord, you can come to this altar right now and get a reset. Whatever the cost. That's what one writer said. Whatever others do, I give all my worship to you. I give all my worship to you. It's a real simple song. I give all my worship to you. You all can sing it better than me. Whatever the cost, whatever the cost, whatever others do, whatever others do. I give all my worship to you. Let's just say that one more time. I give all my worship to you. I give my worship to you. Hold those hands high if you can. I give all my worship to you whatever the cost whatever the cost whatever others do whatever others do we stand at this altar sometimes we make it too complicated I'm not going to lay hands this morning I know Bishop has granted me that liberty but I'm not going to lay hands today there are times when the laying on of hands is necessary. But I believe too that the Lord wants to train us how to get our own breakthrough. Our own reset. He didn't say these signs shall follow the preachers. He said these signs shall follow them that believe. I don't believe that they were doing anything else. Bishop I don't believe they were doing anything else on the day of Pentecost but worshiping God. Hallelujah. And so as we are on the cusp of bringing this conference to a close, I want to challenge us today. As long as God will put strength in your hands and in your arms, you'll just stretch them up 
and worship God. Come on. He come ma 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 massa. There's a reset taking place. He come ma massa. Ooh. It's happening. It's happening. Come on, CAA. Come on, Baba Massa. Come on, CAA. This is it. This is it. You will not go home the way you came. This is it. He's going to reset. And from your reset, there will be fruit. There will be fruitfulness. There will be bounty. There will be blessings. Somebody worship God. Somebody worship God. Somebody worship God. Somebody worship God. From the front to the back, from the back to the front. Wherever you are. Let's be with one accord. Let's be with one accord. Praise God for your healing. Praise God for your miracle. Praise God for your deliverance. I hear sound, 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 I hear sound. Oh, 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 I want to see what you're going to sound like on Monday when there's no musicians. I want to see if you can make some noise when the guitar's not playing, when the cymbal is not ringing, when there's no worship leader to lead you. Can you lead yourself into worship? the Lord. Oh, that women would praise the Lord. This is how it's going to sound in your home. This is how it's going to sound when you take a break on your job. This is how it's going to sound when you're driving in your car. I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord.